TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Beautiful, beautiful summer Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. If you're checking in via the webcast of late, you've uh, been used to looking in at uh, just one person sitting in on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Of course, the big dog very often does the show via his palatial estate in almost at Australia. I'm so into the World Cup in Aurora. But uh, we got two guys in the studio today. The good-looking guy to my left, if you're watching on TV, to your right. Is Brian Bauer, Double B X co-host on the show? He has returned. Brian, great to see you, my friend. What a great day to return! You've got Blackhawks parade in the city of Chicago. You've got what Cubs Sox today in the city of Chicago. You got World Cup starting today. Perfect time to come back. I won't be back for another month. You know, we're we're still only three four months away from Football Fridays. Football. Football, yeah. Take it easy. 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 Settle down. Red, 74. Split left. Split left. I am, uh, with all the Cup, Stanley Cup, the World Cup, I'm still very concerned about the Bears' left tackle situation. How about you? I don't know. I'm so all cup happy today. I raised my coffee <laughs> cup above my head and kissed it as if I had just won it this morning. I, I Wouldn't it spill then? No, no. I, I, from the underneath. Oh, okay. you know, I went underneath. Then I walked around my living room telling everybody how happy I was, how hard I worked this morning to get it. Uh-huh. You know, my dog looked at me as if I had been slightly inebriated, didn't know uh-huh. what was wrong with me, but it was a great morning. Every cup from now on, I'm kissing. It's, it's I'm all kissing about the cup. The... <laughs> It's all about the cup. You got the Stanley Cup, yep. which the uh, beloved Blackhawks here in Chicago have won. You've got the World Cup starting today. By the way, I can't look at the screen today because the soccer game is up there. Uh, I've got playing it. Huh? They're oh. not. We got Comcast on one. We got. Well, they're going to show a score. ESPN two. They will. I, they probably will score. I'm score. like a yeah. sick, sick puppy. I am. I got South Africa and South Africa, Mexico, Mexico on the opening game of the World yeah. Cup. So you got World Cup, Stanley Cup. In Chicago now, the Cubs are taking on the Sox this weekend, and BP Ooh. is sponsoring it. Yeah, that, yeah that, exactly. Talk about being uh, apropos. Timing apropos, is everything. Man, and it's called the BP Cup. I promise yeah, no leaking is. cup yeah, uh, that's jokes, a bunch by of the way. leaky defense right So there. our cup have fully runneth over, and I know, Brian, you told me before the show, in honor of the Hawks winning the Stanley Cup, you have slept the last two nights. With pajamas, but you're also wearing a protective cup while you sleep. Of course, and it's got, so, I, I put the tomahawks on it. That way I feel like I'm right there. I'm part of the team. <laughs> it's all about the cup. Yeah, take a couple of days off. The wife can understand that. Come on. Yeah, no know? problem. No yeah. problem. No, it's the greatest time. I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, obviously, some of you who listen to the show haven't heard me or haven't heard me in a long time. When it comes to hockey, I've been a fan since I've been a little ankle biter. Not a bandwagon jumper. No, not at all. Like I remember in 88, my buddy was a vendor at the old stadium. So, and he was also related to Chelios. So after games, we used to get snuck down and get to meet the players and to meet, you know, Steve Larmer, Steve Smith, uh, Chris Chelios, Ronick, Belfour. You know, these are names that, you know, they, they were in great. To me, that was the last great Black Hawk team. 92, I was there when they went to the Stanley Cup and I watched them lose it. You know, it just, just in the 300 level, thought it was the greatest time ever and watched them get swept, swept by Pittsburgh. You know, and then when all those players got kicked out, you know, my my love of that team kind of kind of wavered until mm-hmm. three four years ago when it all started coming back. And to see them win it the other day, the the smile on my face, my wife couldn't stop laughing at me. 
And when Jeremy Roenick came out there and got a little teary-eyed talking about how great it was to see that that logo win the Stanley Cup again, I started to get a little misty, to which my wife yelled at me, you didn't cry at our wedding, <laughs> but you're going to get misty when Jeremy Roenick talks about the Blackhawks. I'm like, yes, I've been with them longer. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, but true, unfortunately. And apparently, now, I read some of Jeremy Roenick's comments. If you're not sure what Brian's talking about, he, he's on the national broadcast team in the post-game celebration. Right. Former Blackhawk, uh, former Philadelphia Flyer, yeah. former San Jose Shark. Former Phoenix Coyote. Former pretty much every other member of every team in the league. Yes. Did not play for the Cubs, though, fortunately. No. Well, maybe for a brief time. <laughs> but he apparently, I didn't see this, but very cool. He apparently uh, broke down a little bit, got teary-eyed and very emotional. Now... My first thought was it was because he was, you know, so proud that the Blackhawks' ex team and team he probably played the longest for finally won. But what he said afterwards, it was, it was tears of part emotion and part sadness that in his 20 year career, a great career where he became, you know, a top scorer, had a lot of fame, made a lot of money, he never got to raise the cup. He started getting teary eyed when he saw the players going around, but, but, that was it, that in his 20 years, he never got to experience that, and he wanted to so But bad. the initial story he told before he got to the, the thing about him, he's like, I, you know, he goes, 18 years ago when I skated off the ice and saw that little kid crying yep. as we lost the Stanley Cup, and he goes, well, I hope you're, I hope you're happy today, kid. You know, and that's when he started getting misty. So it was, like, it was that nice story of remembering that moment, mm-hmm. bringing back to the present, and then... I think he was done at that point when Dan Patrick started to pry, get him. He's like, well, you really are broken up. You know, why is that? He goes, well, would you gentlemen like to hear audio? Do you have it? I do. We have audio? Ladies and gentlemen, we have audio. Thank you, Doc. Up here with uh, Jeremy Roenick, Mike Milbury. We weren't sure what we were going to see in overtime, figuring Philadelphia had the momentum, but Chicago was the better team in this series, and they proved that. It's hard to say enough good things about the Philadelphia Flyers. It was uh, the team that just kept coming back, that just wouldn't quit. But in the end, Dan, I think you're right. It was too much speed, too much talent, too much skill, and that's what prevailed in this series. Well, Chicago Blackhawks, congratulations to the fans. You guys deserve it. The Chicago Blackhawks deserve it. I've been there. I know what it's like. This is an emotional emotional thing for me. Both these teams were warriors. They went out and they, they, they did great things for the National Hockey League. Chicago really enjoyed this one. For the kid that was there in 1992 who was crying when I came off the ice after we lost game four in Chicago Stadium, you waited 18 years. I hope you have a big smile on your face. I can tell. Congratulations. You're emotional. Absolutely. Why is it affecting you? Um, Chicago Blackhawks, man. I didn't get to do that. It's pretty unbelievable. Well, I didn't get to do it either. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, really, I mean, cool. when you start talking about how much he was talking about himself, uh-huh. I thought it really was more about the team, more about the history and the, and the fans. And then at the very end, like when he was prodded as to, you know, you know, why are you so emotional? He's like, it's mm-hmm. the Blackhawks, man. I never got to do that. I thought that was a great moment. And I heard the next day mm-hmm. that Philadelphia, I read a couple things in Philly's paper where they were just bashing him. Of course. That, yeah, that's, that's how they roll. Right. But, but you also got to remember, I mean, Roenick never got over being traded. He right. never got over that. Oh, yeah. He picked every team against the Blackhawks this year. And they asked him why. He goes, well, if you put a gun to my head and tell me pick a team, I'll pick 
every other team because the Blackhawks treated me badly when I was kicked out. Yeah, see, now, now yeah. you're, now you're taking a great sentimental yeah. moment. I got choked up just hearing well, that. It's and great, now wasn't you're, it? You're bringing up another side of it because I was always anti Jeremy Roenick and his complaints about that, saying that the team didn't want me, the team didn't respect me, they got rid of me. Well, Arthur Billwards, not Arthur, Arthur's Bill. the dad. Billwards, you know, he did offer you a couple of million dollars. Okay. Maybe it wasn't. The asking price or the going it wasn't price. Wasn't even close at but that time. But I'm sorry. When some athlete, when I hear an athlete say, "Well, this team doesn't respect me and they don't want me," and an owner is still offering to pay you two million per year, three million per year, that always they traded him me a little for bit. Alex Jamnoff, didn't they? Well, that, that to me is the yeah. ultimate insult. Yeah. Forget what you paid me. You trade me for that schmuck? Oh, I'm sure they uh, tried to get as much yeah, as they bag could. Bag of pucks is basically what you got there. You know, so no, <laughs> I, I mean, in all honesty, like, I, I, listen, as a guy who was a fan at that era, I watched them get rid of Belfour, who was probably at the time one of the hottest goalies. He went on to win a Stanley Cup. Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle, Belfour. I watched them get rid of Chris Chelios, who was an icon in this, in this town. Great Chile. Allowed him to go to Red Wings, and I watched him win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I watched him get rid of you know all the pieces slowly but surely, including Ronick, who at the time had only been eight years in the league. If I remember correctly, he started when he was like nineteen, you know, so he was only about twenty-seven years old, twenty-eight when they got rid of him. He was still in the prime of his career for Alex Shamnoff because they didn't want to pay him the money. And when asked, Bill Wirtz said, and this is the part that killed me, I'm not gonna. What did he say? Hold on, I'm not going to take food out of my family's mouth. To feed these players. Well, dude, you own the, one of the biggest liquor organizations in the Midwest. Well, he said food, not liquor. Well, exactly. He's got that. <laughs> he owns so many buildings in the city of Chicago. As a group, the Wirtz family's worth over a billion dollars. People don't know that. Mm-hmm. You know, so the fact of the matter is, that is what completely turned me off to the team. As it was, we weren't getting home games on TV. You know, the way he treated the fans was despicable. I think that's why he lost it. I think now the best thing the Blackhawks could do, I love that they brought back the old players. Yes. You know, I love that you get, you got Bobby Hall everywhere, Stan Mikita. I heard Pierre Pilat will be there today. Big fan you, of Pierre you know, Pilat. So I love How about that. Whitey Stapleton? Is he going to be there? I don't know about Come Whitey. On, we'll have to find out. But I love that they brought back, you know what I think they should do in the next year or so? Bring back Chelios now that he's going to retire. Yep. Bring back Ronick. I, I have no idea what Belfour is up to. He's a little bit out of his mind to begin with. You might want to leave him out. But start start connecting with those other groups that were so great that just never got there. Right. Well, but that. They, but that, that's kind of the problem. All those guys that you mentioned, Belfour, Chelios, Ronick, they've still got they've got bad blood with the franchise. Yeah, so, but, it's, uh, so it's up to the franchise to reach out to them. But that's what I'm saying. I think now is the time. I think McDonough's good at that. I think Ronick's already shown that he still holds a big part of his heart to it. I think now if you re- if you reached out to him today and said, hey, we'd love to have you come back next year as one of our ambassadors, I think he signs on right away. Mm-hmm. I-, I think he becomes a part of it immediately. And I think you've got to do it that way, just a slow build, bring back the guys who were disenfranchised, and kind of work them back in. I think it's been great. Mm-hmm. I, as a fan... This is the happiest I've been since probably the '85 Bears. Yeah. Now, because I, I, you know, I'm not a huge basketball guy. The White Sox won. That's like Cleveland winning to me. That's that's something I don't root for. <laughs> you know, but this this is the greatest thing that happened to me since 1985 sports wise, and I've loved every single minute. Of yeah, it. absolutely phenomenal was the uh, hockey playoffs, the Stanley Cup, Chicago winning its celebration today in town. Uh, I believe the parade has already started. You want to talk some hockey? Talk the Cup, World Cup, Hockey Cup. Protective cups, we're going to make a study of double uh, D cups, whatever. Various kind of protective cups, or Sox Cup fans, the BP Cup, which will be starting today. Uh, 888-463-6748-888-463-6748. But producer extraordinaire David Olson, with an assist from Brian Bauer, you killed for me a, a very emotional moment. 
because uh, I listened to that tape and I had not. It was great, wasn't it? Well, that was particularly cool with the whole f- kid. Yeah. That he remembered seeing. Yeah. After losing the Stanley, what did they lose in game four? They were swept. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. But he, I mean, he can picture that kid, and maybe he planned this comment. Do you think that comment just came out I of the think blue? It, I think it came out of, because if you watched him, if, that was about as genuine. He was trying okay. to choke it all back. Wow. Like, you saw him swallowing. You saw the, the jowls moving. That, and the yeah, and then Dan Patrick called him on it. Oh, you're getting a little emotional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dan Patrick is the one who kind of prodded for that next level. Yeah, believe but me, there's a lot, that, a lot of females out there who wanted to be prodded by Dan Patrick. In this case, it was Jeremy <laughs> Rona. That guy, Dan Patrick always bothers me. I'm not a big fan of his. However, I like DP. I do not, but I do like his follow-up question there. Instead of moving along, he went for the moment and and didn't over-ask the question. Yeah. He just kind of, and I don't want to use the word prodded, but uh, he, he furthered it into what well, brought Jeremy Rohn into emotion. That's but, what a good interviewer does. Yeah. You take the natural yes. emotion and you let that fester rather than trying yeah. to get like 100 questions. Wow. The guy who followed afterwards, and I always forget this guy's name. Mike the, Milbert? The third, Milbert, yeah. yeah. That guy's a total D-bag. <laughs> That guy, I, I got. That guy killed that moment as quickly as you possibly could. Because the next cut after him is yeah. like, "Well, I never won the Stanley Cup, and I never cried about it." La 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 la. Yeah, that guy. He tried to poo-poo on that moment as much as possible. <laughs> like, that guy. I, I wanted to drive to Philly. My, I almost called my uh-huh. sister, who's well, out. Joel, yesterday yeah. on the show, Joel was criticizing a little bit. Was it was it Ronick or somebody for crying in sports? And I made the comment no, that you know I, no. I, I I can never. No, no, no. It was. Oh. Was uh was it Derek Fisher? Yes. Yeah, Derek Fisher. After yeah. winning game three, apparently he got teary eyed and Joel said, you know, hey, we ought to cry after game seven or after you win the damn thing, but not after you go up two one in game three. And my yeah. comment to Joel was anytime you see professional athletes or in sports brought the tears to me, it brings out the raw emotion and the passion of sports, which is what drew me to the great world of sports in the first place. I always have a bit of a hard time criticizing guys if they're Whatever they get choked up about, it's raw emotion. I, I think it's an odd moment. You know, if you're watching as a fan, you're like, yeah. really? Game three? You're okay. all torn up about I'm, I'm never going to deny the guy. A, little... a natural emotion to me, you know, I'd rather have that yeah. than canned answers. I hate the, we're going to take it one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're just, we're going to play as a team. Uh, we're going to take one. No, I'd rather have a guy get all emotional. About tell the, me how I, want, I want to thank God for making this moment possible. Yeah, exactly. You know, which guy? I don't know. Just thank all of them in case. You know, because everything's politically correct now. I like the fact of the honest moment where the guy comes out there and just gets choked up. I think that's fine. If you want to, you know, criticize Ronick and Milburn about anything, it's about how bad they are in the broadcast booth. <laughs> Listening to the two of them step all over each other during the game yeah. just shows that neither one of them has any broadcast background whatsoever. They were horrible. That part bothered me more than the honest moment at the very end. <laughs> I got broke up last week, I think, after me and Joel had a scintillating discussion on sports guys talk politics. Brian, it was very natural. Really? Right before the show ended, I'm thanking David Olson, our producer. I got a little teary eyed. Got a little choked up. It was not planned. It was just an emotional moment. I think we were talking about the Blagojevich trial. Oh. As a half a Serb, Blagojevich tears me up. Half a Serb. God bless you. Exactly. He tears me up as well. Just knowing that he was part of anything that could be related to me whatsoever (laughs) makes me tear up immediately. A half a Serb. Half a Serb. Is that available at your local restaurants? Um, You can. It's on a plate. It's called the Euro plate. You only get a quarter Serb. You get a quarter German. You get a quarter Italian. It's the Euro plate. It's quite a nice. Uh, Fridays, the half a Serb is uh, half price? Half Serb, half price. That's right. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. 888-463-674 at the coach with you up until 11 o'clock. The parade is going on as we I'm speak. I'm watching it right now. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm don't, this don't, as well. don't tell me the score of the South no, Africa. Just watch game. the parade. All That's right. what parade's above it. <laughs>
It's kind of nice to see a parade. Oh, yeah. Look at that. A lot of fans. I think it started, what, a whacker and... They had people who had slept overnight out there getting spots for this parade. Yeah. Well, it, Joel, start, Joel it actually starts on Washington and works his way to Wacker and, uh, and uh, what do you call it, um, Magnificent Mile, uh, Michigan Avenue. Okay. So that's, uh, that's kind of the plan. You see it now as it's being set up. So uh-huh. It's amazing for a city that uh, a couple of years ago, hockey was, what, about the seventh or eighth sport? Dead. Yeah, I, I would honestly say at one point soccer was outdrawing like, the yeah. Fire was outdrawing the Blackhawks yeah. on a regular basis, you know. So at one point in this city, this sport was dead. But what you had is th- what they've done great. McDonough coming from the Cubs to the Blackhawks is connect <laughs> with the old school fans, bring them back, mm-hmm. and get this new generation of fans coming up. I've never seen so many female hockey fans, so many kid hockey fans. I mean, it's like a whole different world now than it was 10 years ago when they were drawing 4,000 people at the stadium mm-hmm. for a game. Our female uh, intern, No Squeeze of Louisa. I don't know if you've met Louisa or not, Brian, but No Squeeze of Louisa giving me some information here on the TV ratings. Yes. Now, we think maybe we're just caught up in here because it's right. Chicago. Well, it is. And that, you know, man, the hockey fever is just catching. What a great sport. But, you know, we're in Chicago and it's our team winning the couple. No. No, 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 this thing has transcended the city of Chicago. It's transcended the city of Philadelphia. TV ratings off the charts, Brian Bauer, and I believe in my notes right here, um, Game 6. Game 6 highest rated NHL hockey game in 36 years. Do I have the correct info? I would think so. And if I remember- Even if it's not, the bottom line is, and I'm pretty sure that's correct, that the, the TV ratings for this series off the charts. So uh, I know we've got two big cities, Chicago and Philadelphia. Well, but that, that can't helps. be the only reason. I, I think you've got a couple different factors going into this. One, Chicago is kind of a global city. Yeah. You have so many Chicagoans who've moved elsewhere that there's still the attachment. Every time I go to Florida, because my parents have a place down there, yeah. you know, I run into Chicago phase. I was out in California in San Rafael for work, uh, and I was just kind of at this bar trying to watch a Blackhawks game. I think it was Blackhawks-Vancouver. The bartender was from the south side of Chicago. The lady sitting next to me was from Skokie, Illinois. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't believe it because it was just this weird disconnect because we were 3,000 miles away from where the actual game was being held. So I think Chicago by itself draws. I think the fact that you had two traditional hockey cities, Philadelphia, which is known for the Broad Street Bullies in the 70s, and that's a town that loves their hockey to the point where the Phantoms, their minor league team, plays across the street from the actual major league team. So mm-hmm. they're both in the same city, same town, same area. So these people see their minor league team grow into their, their major league team. So I think you've got Philadelphia. Then you've got that East Coast, uh, Midwest kind of feel to it. And I've heard people who are Detroit fans, who are from Detroit, saying, you know what, I rooted for the Blackhawks because same division. We've played with you guys for years. It's kind of nice to see somebody within the division win it if we can't. So I think you've got a lot of different factors playing in. And it's traditional hockey. It's not like Carolina. It's not Atlanta. It's not Florida. It's real hockey well, cities playing hockey. Okay, and, and I've heard that before, and it's legit. Yes. It's legit, but I, I'm still going to argue that it goes beyond that. And, uh, you know, one could argue that there's no star power in this particular playoffs. You know, we have, you oh, don't I have, disagree. You don't have the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, with all their star power, you don't you go back to Wayne, the, you know, the great Gretzky. You go back to a Mario Lemieux with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And when the, you know, Flyers, Hawks games, no superstars, no big name. I think it was the quality of hockey. I think it's the game of hockey making a comeback. People started watching and, and it was such well, great hockey, particularly the final series that uh, people started to, to, to catch it. From, I mean, I've, I've watched some other finals and they've been good, but not as good as this one. From a standpoint of style of play, if you're not a hockey fan, you saw how many goals were going back and forth. That wide open style, I think that lends to the non hockey fan enjoying it. 
because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of motion. There's a lot of so having these two teams with these two styles definitely adds to that portion of the whole thing. I think the creation of stars during this game, during this whole set of series, Bufflin, who by the way, yeah, but, they didn't know what he was playing all season long. Was it defense? Was it offense? Was it offense? Was it defense? All of a sudden he comes into the playoffs and he plays like a man possessed, found a home. Duncan Keith losing his teeth, I think, just added to the fire. Chris Pronger being the complete D-bag that he is as a human being, added to the fire. Philadelphia ate him up. They love the fact that he tried to play the big tough guy, kind of their broad street bullies. Their coach, Pierre Laviolette, that guy, by the way, if anybody hits him with a truck, I just ask one thing. <laughs> Please stop the truck, hit in reverse, and make sure you get him one more time. Uh, he is just on the same level as Pronger of being yeah. just a complete... It's great teeth, though, for oh, a hockey yeah, coach. Wonderful does. teeth. Oh, yeah, I think he paid for him. Beautiful nice. set of teeth. But then you look at the young guys like Jonathan Taves. I mean, you look at the story of Marion Hossa, a guy who'd been there three times before, or two times before, and now is his third time. Hopefully he could make it. There were so many little stories that it was hard not to like this series. No, I agree with the story. I was talking about star power, though, which typically will bring in an yeah. audience. You know, you, I think Kaner and Taves and Duncan Keith are but now They're not, they're in not the star Wayne Gretzky. Area. They're not Mark Messier. They're not Mario Lemieux. Who are some of the more not recent? Yet. Well, you got your Sid the Kid Crosby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're talking about yeah, those Gavin guys. Yeah, Malkin. Well, you talk about the guy out in, uh, D- in D.C., um, Ovechkin, yeah, Alex exactly. Ovechkin. I mean, so there are guys like that. But I think this is that next tier, that next young group coming up. Okay. And I think that makes it fascinating. Okay, but I, I still think that those hockey ratings are an indication. I think hockey. I think making the sport a, is coming back. Though. Yes. Yeah. That's the point yeah, I'm trying exactly to make. It's not just a uh, not just a isolated incident. And again, it's hard for us to be objective. Right. Because we're sitting here in Chicago where hockey fever obviously is very high, and you are drinking from your coffee cup. Kiss the bottom of that cup, will you? Yeah. Very nice. Uh, all right. There we go. But I mean, in all honesty, and. and this is what's great about this sport, is anytime you have a championship like this that embraces the whole city, now all of a sudden these young kids are going to want to play that sport. Yep. So now it gets built up. I mean, all those years of not having anything in the city, this is so much better because now that next generation of kids are like, hey, I want to be like Patrick Kane. I want to be like Jonathan mm-hmm. Taves. I want, to, I want to play hockey. So now the sport just grows from there. I think it's nothing but great for the league. Always glad. My kids are out of the loop now, no chance, but I was always glad there were two sports I hoped that my kids did not get involved in. Hockey? Yeah. And swimming. Swimming? Because, oh, yeah. Swimming? And my, my kid did do competitive swimming for one year. What is that? And it furthered my opinion that I don't want to get them into swimming. What, what, do you what's want wrong to spend, with swimming? Do you, no, no, no. I have nothing wrong with the no, sport. No, no. I'm not a big swimmer. I just want to know wonderful what, what, what conditioning why you sport, didn't want to Wonderful exercise sport. I didn't want to be a swim parent. Okay. I don't want to spend my Saturdays and Sundays. Okay. Inside a chlorine-infested Evanston Township High School, <laughs> watching three hours of swimming and watch my kid do the backstroke for a minute and a half. Right. Which I did for uh, a half a year, and believe me, every, all my fears were confirmed. Yeah, is that bad? Oh, brutal. <laughs> I don't know how the swim coaches do it, because that, that chlorine. Now, why? I had this argument with my sister. Why wouldn't you want your kid to play hockey? Well, hockey, again, the ice centers, once they get a hold of you, there's something. They put some secret agent <laughs> In an ice center. I don't know what it is. Now, if your kid's not talented and he's a you know low-level house league player, you can escape. Right. Okay? But if he's got talent, I'm convinced there's some, I won't call it terrorist, but there's some underground <laughs> hockey thing that they give you. I don't know if it's medicine or they put it in the water, or whatever, but it's like a vacuum. And they just suck you in. You're First you're a house league player, then you're A travel, B travel, next level. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're spending Thanksgiving in Vancouver with a group of 10-year-olds. Well, my cousin was on the Illinois State travel team. Yeah, so for the, you know. he, he was statewide. At, at what age? At From 10 to yeah. 13, 14. Yeah. The one I part I find fascinating, the one I, why I respect hockey players more than anything else, is I remember him getting up at 4 in the morning yeah. 
to go to the that's sun, another reason to go to the arena at you know five or whatever it was to practice for an hour and a half before school started. Yep. Like ice time is so precious. Oh yeah, I mean it, it was just it was fascinating to me to see the dedication of some mm-hmm. of these kids, and, and I get it. But that's almost every sport. Like I've been I've been talking to my buddy whose daughter's in softball. Well, she was in softball. I thought, and I hope he's not listening. I thought she was an average player at best. Mm-hmm. Well, now she tried out for the travel team and she made the travel team. Well, next step from there, I guess, is some elite travel team oh, yeah. that goes across the country. But they're already in it. Like they're all they're all in on that. But I've seen the same thing in soccer. I've seen mm-hmm. the same. The only sports that doesn't seem to really hit is football because it's such a short span. You play and you're yeah. done. There's not there's not club football teams. Right, but I mean soccer, baseball, softball, hockey, all those have already been infested with it because kids' sports are such a huge money maker. Yep. All these guys are completely in it. I had the argument with my sister. She's so afraid of her seven year old kid getting hurt. You know, but he's he's a boy. He's just a, playing sports just playing, in general. So he's playing soccer. He's playing other sports. He's in swimming, by I, the way. Okay. Uh, that's why I kind of laughed when you said and, it. And let me preface: I love the sport of swimming, and this, you know, I'm a huge hockey fan. Right. So nothing wrong with the sport. I just didn't want to spend my provocative uh, parental years yeah. in a ice center or in a swimming pool. Well, whether they be provocative or formidable, whatever you wanted to use. I prefer provocative. But, but I had this argument with my sister who was, well, <laughs> look how violent it is. These guys lose teeth and these guys get hit. And these guys. And I try to explain to them, at the young, youth level, you wear a face cage, like a full head cage that covers your whole head. In what sport? So hockey. hockey. Yeah. yeah. To, through college. You're not allowed to wear like a half mask till you get into the pros. Yep. Uh, you know, so I try to explain that to people who don't understand the sport. You're not even allowed to check yeah. till you hit high school age. Hate to tell your sister, but uh, soccer, there are more injuries. Oh, easily. More injuries in soccer than there are in hockey or football. Oh, I agree with you completely. So, but either way, a day of celebration here in the city, and then I'm going to hoist the BP Cup, and it will spill and yeah. kill 34,000. Yeah, that is very odd. Animals. Cubs are taking on the sock. Normally, that's a pretty big story here in the city of Chicago, no. but I think two fairly obvious reasons. It's still curious, and I think a lot of us will watch, and it's still kind of fun, but the significance, the buzz, if you will, is way off, A, because of the uh, Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cup. Well, three reasons. B, because uh, everybody's worried about the Chicago Bears left tackle situation, and then C, the fact that both the Cubs and Sox have been losing and losing... Um, Badly. Well, they find in, new in, ways an, to un, lose. in an unexciting way. Yeah, they find new ways to lose. It's right. almost like you expect it. It's like, okay, yeah. we, no pitching, then we hit. Yeah. No hitting, then we pitch really well. Game that we're winning by a lot, all of a sudden we get into the eighth inning and the bullpen blows it. Like yeah. There just seems like every day is a new creative way to completely screw the pooch on this thing. Well, at least they're keeping things interesting. So, Yesterday they uh, lost 5-4, to four, bottom of the 10th to the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, uh, runner on first steals, second, their fastest runner. Right, Pretty good play out of sacrifice, but he takes right. off for third to make something happen. Xavier Nady, not normally a first baseman, fires over to third. But the problem was he fired a little bit high <laughs> into the dugout, and the runner scored winning run. That's exactly how it goes. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, I, no. But I, I cried as I read But that's it. why I also thank the Blackhawks, because they got me to now, June 10th or 11th or whatever it is today. Mm-hmm. Now that my sporting, you know, I'm kind of full through today. World Cup starts today. World Cup. That'll get me another month. Don't tell me the score. That takes me to July. Yeah. Then I've only got a few weeks till preseason football begins. I could completely forget we have baseball altogether in this city. Because <laughs> our Lord knows the baseball teams have forgotten. Uh, so we all figured out. I'm let, all let, good. Let's do this here. Let's let's take the hot team. Okay. Let's take the beloved Blackhawk. Our baseball teams are struggling, so I'm not a rocket scientist. But logic would say let's let's have some of the Blackhawks yeah. keep the success thing going. Fill in for our baseball team. Let's think of some positions. I would think big buff, probably your first baseman. Either first base 
Yeah, no, right? definitely. With his size, you got to go first base. We're going to put Patrick I'm, I'm Kane over at second base, probably. Quick I, feet. I don't know. Good hands, good good feet. I almost like him as a shortstop. Yeah, but his, I don't think his arm is strong. Shortstops are always that creative little guy. You know, I kind of like that. But you could go second if you want. Yeah, I just think arm strength wise, I think at second base is where you got to go. Yeah. Patrick Kane, I got to think a shortstop. Anti Niemi, uh, clearly a, a catcher. You say that, but I like my toughness as a catcher, and Yemi seems to be a more of a finesse That's goalkeeper true. as well. I think Duncan Keith, the toothless one, bad. should be a catcher. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Because you're right. As soon as, Niemi would be great at blocking pitches, yeah. but trying to throw a runner out, I'm going to take a wild guess to I'm, say anti I'm guessing it bounces from the pitcher's mound all the way out there. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to use the expression throws like a girl because that's an insult to girls. girl athletes, yeah. but he probably throws like a girl. Yeah, I'm guessing so. Yeah. I go at third base because you need another kind of a tougher guy, a guy who looks like he could throw it. I want to say Ben Eager. I was going to go Seabrook, but Ben Eager? Ben okay. Eager's a nice big dude yeah. who can, I think yeah. can feel that can think he could gun it out. Uh-huh. Now you're outfielders. That's where I would put Seabrook is my right. right Seabrook in the outfield. Field, maybe, let's see, who would be Patron, Johnny, Johnny Taves out in center? I think so. Because he's more of a commander in chief. You could got him the, out in could middle. Could be your shortstop, too. Could be as well. Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves is one of those guys who could, who could do it. Uh-huh. He could also be a pitcher for all I know, Jonathan mm-hmm. Taves. Could be your big hitters. I would think, uh. Bufflin. I think yeah, he's a big Bufflin. strikeout or hit guy. Yeah, I was going to say Bufflin would probably strike out three times and then one time Jack went over the fence. Right. Bufflin, eager. I see. Kane is that guy who hits just like the the kind of clutch 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 hit, if you will. Uh-huh. Not a power guy, but no. a, you know, kind of a Mark Gracie, three hundred, yeah. lots of singles. Uh, you know, I'm picturing that lineup: yeah. the third to first. You got catcher. We got to think about pitchers. But right off the bat, that team, I'm not gonna say they could beat the Cubs, but I think we could challenge. Who you guys pitchers? Uh, Nicholas Jalmerson. <laughs> Big fan of Nicholas Jalmerson. <laughs> You could put uh, Brett Sopel back there. Sopel, pitching. he's a greasy looking. Cristobal dude, isn't he? Huey, he's well rested. Well, Lord knows, he's an every five day guy <laughs> at best. <laughs> could you see Joe Keenville taking the walk out to the mound, calling for the left hander? <laughs> I'd love to see it, but I'd like to see him walk to the mound in full goalie pads. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, we got to try something. But all, right. all kidding aside, I think it's gonna be fun to watch Sox and Cub pitching matchups. By the way, real quick before we take a break again, Double B making a rare appearance here. Brian Bauer. Yes, we'll talk about his new profession when we. Uh, come back it's very very exciting and he might even try to sell you some supplies you never know uh randy wells taking on jake Peavy today pretty by good the matchup. way randy wells spotted last night with the cup at stanley's in lincoln park really yes okay also spotted till 2 30 in the morning so let's see how he pitches today oh the and, cup the and this cup? is this i've got eyewitness i got phone calls and pictures randy wells yeah Pitching today. Pitching today, a, out com- with the cup. Comforting thought for Brian the Brian Dempster out with, with him as well. Uh, Dempster is a Canadian guy, loves the cup. Yeah, but he's off for the next couple of yeah, days. Yeah, he could care less. Saturday, good pitching matchup. Mark Burley taking on Carlos Silva. They've pitched against each other before, of course, when Silva was with the Minnesota Twins. Sunday, Gavin Floyd taking on Ted Lilly. Best of three for the coveted. Carlos BP Silva, cup. does he go 9-0? and Huh? Carlos Silva, does he go 9-0 and versus Burley? Nope, I think he goes 8-1. and You think so, yeah, huh? Yeah, I'm going eight and no, no decision. I think okay. they're, they're tied up going into the seventh. Okay. We will see. We'll take a quick break. Brian Bauer and the coach with you, two guys and a mic. Phone lines are open if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. Bottoms up. Kiss the cup.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. All right, we're back at Two Guys and a Mic. Second half of the show here. Blackhawks celebrating the Stanley Cup in the city of Chicago. We are celebrating the fact that uh, a co-host from days gone by has come back to join us for a brief moment in time. Brian Bauer, Double B. Uh, tell the fans real quick, uh, Brian, what auspices, what festivities you have been doing while not hosting this fine sports talk show. By the way, I'm showing a picture of Jonathan Taves yesterday morning at 9 o'clock in the morning at Ann Sather's in Lincoln Park. Uh, I have to, I, with his I hate mom to and break dad. this to you. That is not Jonathan Taves. I that looks like, that's my cousin Eric. I guarantee you that's what Jonathan Taves. What the hell is Taves. cousin Eric doing here? <laughs> with his family, post-celebration, he goes to Ann Sather's for breakfast. That's dedication because you know he went from the night before on. Oh, well, the plane ride yeah. coming in. Oh, yeah. I heard it was just wild. Yeah, I don't even want to know. Yeah. Yeah. So now currently I'm, I left the radio television gig for what? a while and I'm working for Pacific Pulmonary Services. Say that without spraying Pacific it. Pulmonary Services. Man. We are a durable medical equipment that does respiratory uh, DME. Durable medical equipment. Yeah, stuff that doesn't break. As opposed to undurable. Well, there's stuff that's... Because I once represented a company that with it, rep, we, uh, we specialize in undurable medical there's equipment. There's durable and there's disposable. Ah, so this okay. is not disposable. You buy it. It's basically oxygen machines, oxygen tanks, okay. uh, what do you call it, CPAPs, BiPAPs, mm-hmm. AutoPAPs, and nebulizers. Now, some of this stuff, uh, I don't want to get you in trouble. Go ahead. But some of this stuff might be available for home use. Uh, the, is there an underground all market? All of it's for home use. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's at-home oxygen. It's a CPAP, AutoPAP, nebulizers. You know, if you want, you want to get I some. I can ops- have a, a a home nebulizer. Yeah. Well, yes. Really? Yeah. Insurance pays for most of it if you qualify. I'm surprised you're able to talk about this on the air. <laughs> if I you want, I got a- some oxygen in the trunk. Afterwards, we can go get some clean oxygen. <laughs> I'm serious. Got a little tank. It'll be great. Oh, It'll be party. I'm, I'm okay now, but trust me. In the days when Joel used to be in the studio doing the show, oh, I, well, that's what we needed. It. You could have made a living off of me well, alone. I, I could have put a concentrator <laughs> in the corner. We would have been good to go. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. But sales are going. So you are officially a salesman. I I am. If you are interested, if you have anybody who's uh, overweight or needs to be tested or honestly, you're not sure about oxygen levels, uh, feel feel free to contact our Schomburg office, Pacific Pulmonary Services, and ask for me. I'll I'll come out. I'll take care of you. So you make make home visits? I do, actually. Yeah, we have this thing called an overnight pulse ox, which is how you test if somebody's low on oxygen. You wear wear it on your finger. Uh It records how how much oxygen you get while you sleep. Okay. And it gives you your pulse and your oxygen levels the next day. And it shows how many times you stop breathing. So I basically show up, drop it off, talk Mm -hmm. to the patients, and then go to the doctor with the results. All righty. Emailer Cinemax Cindy, who normally is Joel's favorite friend, wants to know, uh, does does Brian really make home visits? I absolutely do. If you send a picture, I'll come by with a pulse ox this afternoon. I'm not sure she needs durable pulmonary equipment, but uh, you might want to come make a visit anyway. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Afternoon oh, delight. Oh, goodness. Now, get, take All it right, easy. Never mind. <laughs> Give me happily married, by the way, uh, Brian. Bar. No kids yet, though, huh? I, I'm happily married. The no wife might not be. Well, uh, yeah. one and a half out of two. Right. As long as one yeah. of us is good. I'm good yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, no kids that I know of. Okay. I looked around. There are none, so All we're right. good. <laughs> we got, well, you know, you're a young man, but it's time to, uh, you know, let's... Um, I've only been married three you know, years. Huh? I, uh, three years was right. uh, we we traveled around. We did Greece. We did Europe. We did Mexico. We did Dominican. You know, now it is time. We're eventually going to punch the clock. Yeah, well, but if you did all those four countries, there should be a kid on the way. You would think there's somewhere. You yeah. would think so. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to be like an old uh, uh, grandpa type a dad like myself who got married late and had kids late. Why not? I think. See, here's the way I look at it. I'm a very high strung individual. Okay. Like when my dog does something bad. 
she runs like hell because she knows I'm going to yell, I'm going to scream, I might even throw a few things. Mm-hmm. That's how my father was. I noticed that as I age, I start to mellow a little bit. You know, I can discipline without yelling okay. and screaming. So you'll be a so much I, more user-friendly so, parent. So I find that I, I, right now I'm probably in a better place than I was three, four years ago as far okay. as being a parent. Because as a parent then, I'd just be like a hot mess, yelling okay. and screaming all the time. Now my patience level is way higher than it used to be. See, I did not know See, that. Yeah. So As Johnny Carson would say, I did not know yeah. that. So, now I think so on, on behalf of your unborn uh, children, I would like to thank you for waiting. Because now you're going to be a much more mellow parent. Well, and in all honesty, I try to have my wife make love to me right when they won the Stanley Cup, I, just mm-hmm. because I wanted to have a kid named Stanley. Okay. And then she wouldn't go with that. I'm like, what, no. a, what about Bifuglian? Can we go with a Bufflin Bauer? <laughs> call him Buff. She wasn't up for that. I said, Caner. Yeah. Can we go Caner? Caner Bauer. Caner. Uh, she wasn't up for that either. So You didn't have dreams like me where you woke up in the middle of the night and your wife looked a little bit like Nicholas Jalmerson? A little bit. Actually, okay. she looked a lot like Auntie Niemi, which was a little, really? bit, Whoa. A little, a little bit bad Boy, for me. I don't know what's going on there. Boy, that, yeah. that's, that's contraception but, right there. Are tell you, you yeah, Birth control right off wow. the bat. <laughs> Holy mackerel. 888-463-6748. And real quick, roughly. Yes. Roughly, what uh, price might some of this equipment be? Are we in the well, early thousands? No, your, in, your insurance covers three quarters. I mean... 80% of it depends on what insurance package you really? have. So it's either 80 or 90% of it. And those of people who have Medicaid, it's covered 100%. So it's more, it's I'm a need. Picturing thing. spending thousands? Look at that, David Olson. Yeah, well, you feel We got to check our med. We, we could get durable pulmonary equipment at our own home, possibly paid for by insurance. This is unbelievable. Do you feel like you're, you're oxygen deprived? Uh, not before the show. I got a tester in the car. <laughs> we can put it on your finger to see where you're at. But I think you're actually pretty good. Like, by looking at you, you're okay. not really qualified. Nah, people bad. with a BMI of 30 or over, uh-huh. a thick neck circumference, uh, <laughs> people who don't sleep well, snore, uh, bulging veins, maybe, stuff like that. There, there are certain symptoms you look okay. for. I'm looking at the two of you. You both look like healthy individuals, <laughs> well, relatively. And, but you don't look like you really qualify yeah, as that's oxygen patients. That's a shame. All right. If you want, I'll just bring by a tank. If you really need some oxygen yeah. on the weekend, I'll bring that by for yeah, fun. Let, but let the good times yeah, roll. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. Some of these bars pay big for oxygen bars. We just set yeah. one up in your basement. Now, speaking of bars, I want to bring up, uh, I don't want to get controversial here. It's a moment of celebration. Woo-hoo! The parade going on Go as Hawks! we speak. But, uh, by the way, if anyone's on their computer at the parade, maybe they're on their laptop computer listening to our show. Can they pick us up on iPhone? Probably, sure, I'm sure. sure they can. 888-463-6748. Call up. You can be our reporter checking into the show. I don't want to say we're too cheap to have a reporter down there, but... We're too cheap to have a reporter down there. So if you're down there, you want to call in 888 But um, were you worried a little bit, the celebration in the locker room? Yes. On the airplane, I heard it was wild. And then a lot of them, <laughs> after landing, went around. And I like the concept. They visited yeah. a lot of the show, uh, local Chicago bar. But were you worried that, uh, you know, too much alcohol, young guys not able to know when to stop? And do you think anybody in the Hawks, was it someone's job to remind the guys, hey, let's not mess up the celebration by doing anything stupid? Well, I was under the impression that the guy who's in charge of the cup had to travel with them. Well, now you're talking about the cup. The Stanley Cup, yeah. yeah. That guy, now, I've nicknamed uh, right. him. What's the alligator guy? The uh... Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Is what's the, he called, the, though? The, the crocodile hunter? Yeah. Right. The guy who guards the cup, that's who he is. He's the Steve. crocodile hunter. Okay. So so I think the cup would have been fine. My only when you looked at that group of guys, like you look at Jonathan Tate, who's a young guy, but he's very level very level very, The rest of those guys they you know, they looked like they were having a good time. The one who frightened me the most, Kaner. Kane! Woo! Kane! Woo! Well, as well, I mean there's some history there. Well, there's some history and then not only that, but his cousin, who had been arrested with him for that incident in Buffalo, was at the game. 
He had three, four buddies in the yeah. locker room. You saw them drinking with the players yeah. at the game. So when I looked at that group of guys, I'm like, who has the potential for at least a misdemeanor? Yeah. The only name that came to mind, Gainer! Kane, you know, that's the guy but, I thought. But I, I say that only, you know, 25% kiddingly and no, actually 75% young guys getting carried away, starting pound. I heard they were doing, uh, what is it? Jaeger with Red Bull. What's that called? The Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs. Yeah, you know, on there. top, Jaeger bombs in the morning after landing on top of locker room celebration, airplane celebration. You can legitimately start to worry. I'm just hoping that, uh, it seems like all the players were pretty cool, but you would hate to ruin a great moment with something serious happening. Yeah, I guess they were all partying at the uh, Harry Carey's in Rosemont. Yes. yes, they started off there and, for a few hours. They, then they went to the Pony on Ashland and Belmont. Yeah, you know, which is, brought the cup with them. Brought the cup with them and the crocodile hunt. And then what I liked about the whole concept was limos drove them everywhere, so they can be as stupid as they really wanted to be. Well, Plus, they really wasn't open to the public. These bars that they went to were closed down. You know, it's post hours. Trust me, Rose okay. uh, Harry Carey's is not open at two thirty in the morning for people normally to come into in Rosemont. Okay, so. They, the doors were shut, locked up. You know, fans could stand outside, get autographs. I heard the players constantly would stay in, have a couple of drinks, come outside, sign some stuff, go inside. So I heard that was great. I heard that Harry Carey's originally had all the blinds drawn, and the players went and opened all the blinds so the you know fans who were waiting outside could see the players. So I, th- I thought that was nice. And then they went over to the Pony, which again was closed to the public because mm-hmm. bars are not open normally at six, seven o'clock in the morning. And they just kind of enjoyed themselves, had a good little morning. And as you said, Ann Sather's for breakfast. Well, yeah, Jonathan Tay spotted with his family at like 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 at Ann Sather's on Belmont. Mm-hmm. And he definitely looked like a guy who had enjoyed himself all that long and had to sit with his mom and dad for breakfast. Yeah, he had that look of just, uh... <laughs> Sir, would you like to have another cinnamon roll? No. <laughs> I'd like some sausage and bacon, please. <laughs> you know, that's how we look. <laughs> By the way, of all the uh, playoff beards, the bad-looking playoff beards, his is the worst. His is the Amish. I, I call that the Amish. Needs to shave that as quickly as possible. The Amish has to be gone. That's why I can't wait for this parade to Don't see. Don't tell me guys... the score of South Africa and Mexico. I, I am interested to see the parade to see who's <laughs> shaved up. Because those were some of the worst beards I'd ever seen oh, in my life. Oh, you think they'll shave before the parade? I would hope so. Because really? I, I think, you know what, you're, you're done now. You've won it. No one needs to see that anymore. You know, yeah, I, I think some of those guys are like, would, would be glad to be rid okay. of it. I think it was Seabrook yeah. who said it first. They asked him, what's the first thing you're going to do after all the partying's over? He's like, I'm going to shave. He's like, this is horrible. I yeah, hate this for, thing. For most, very <laughs> few of them wore the playoff beard very well at all. It's, you know, it was a cute tradition. I don't know how many, how many years it goes back, but oh, uh, if, if it was a tradition that ended next year, Brian, I personally would not be offended. In fact, I'd be quite joyed. I like it. I, I like the the concept of, because you see young guys who can't grow anything, like that kind of cracks me up. You the know? concept yeah. is good. It's just, you know, I like the concept. It's just looking at it. Oh, it's horrible to watch. <laughs> but you know the guy's deep into the playoffs when he's sporting like a six-inch ZZ Topper. <laughs> you know, it's starting to get down there and shave it. Like, to me, that's fantastic. And the young kids who can't grow at all, yeah. like, like Kane, who kind of grew one, but he grew the mullet instead mm-hmm. because, quite frankly, he can't grow a beard. I like the creativity. It gives you something else to look at. All right. All right, there you go. 888-463-6748. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. Double B, Brian Bauer and the coach. Beautiful, beautiful Friday here in the sign city of Chicago. We would be remiss if we did not bring up the other cup. It started today. Uh, worldwide, it is the single biggest sporting event. It happens once every four years. I don't know how you'd compare the World Cup to the Olympics, Brian Bauer, bigger. but bigger. Bigger. 
because World Cup bigger than the Olympics. I think if you watch, just watch the people viewing, watch the watch the TV ratings worldwide. I think you see World Cup is much bigger. Olympics are kind of a country thing. Like when they have the Winter Olympics, the winter countries are interested. When they have the Summer Olympics, you know, teams that compete in those countries seem interested. World Cup. If your country's in it, even if it's not, soccer is the biggest sport in the world outside of the U.S., mm-hmm. so you have every single country in the world watching this event. So yeah. if you're going to go just from that, and I speak from a guy who's been to Europe, whose relatives are still out there who I talk to, when when they're in countries where it's 7, 8, 10-hour difference, they're all getting up 7, 8, 10 hours earlier to watch the game because they don't care. That's how big it is. Strong, strong statement, even bigger than the Olympics, and you may very well be correct. It has teed off. It has officially started about a... One month long, it's very uh, slow. You play a game, and then you play, what, about four or five days later? And then another three or four days later, a lot of people complain about that as a major soccer aficionado, huge World Cup fan. I enjoy that. Well, you have to. Well, I don't have to. No, 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 you have to play days in between. If you ever try to run 90 minutes, then run the next day? Wow. It's a condition. You ever tried playing a hockey game? Yeah, but you play thirty. You skate thirty seconds, then you get off the ice, and they don't play back-to-back games anymore. What was the Stanley Cup? There was two days difference in between each one, too. Mm-hmm. Just from a dead leg well, syndrome, you couldn't have them play every I mean, if game. You, if you want me to play devil's advocate uh, on a sport I love and an event I love, if you watch a soccer game, there's a lot of standing around, just pass, pass. So it's not like they're running; they run in short spurts. They run somewhere in the neighborhood, and if I remember this correct, I could be wrong. It's somewhere like 12 miles a day in that game, just running. Just You may seem like short spurts, but in, at that level, okay. it's a lot of full-speed running. It's not like when we play in the park and you know you and I decided to pass it because we're too lazy to run the ball. Like, hey, let's, let's have ball, ball control. Ball control. <laughs> you know who says ball control? Uh-huh. The old guys who don't want to run anymore. Yeah. We've got ball control. Yeah, so it's like when you play basketball with oh, your yeah. buddies. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're yeah. going full-speed down Slow the court. Slow down. When you get a little bit older, it's just nice passing. Yeah. Back and Let's, forth until you get the opening. Let's set the offense right. up, guys. So uh, if you see the speed that they're running at, it, it's it's a lot more than you think. I, you couldn't run back-to-back. When mm-hmm. I, I played in high school, I couldn't play back-to-back games. I did it twice, and both times the second game, I felt like I was dead. So it's What's, just, what's uh, more grueling, 16-inch softball or soccer? <laughs> <laughs> well, post-game celebration, I go 16-inch oh, softball. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the actual game itself, not so much. But afterwards, <laughs> whoo! That's like a two o'clocker. <laughs> oh, man, got a workout playing 16 in softball. Beautiful, beautiful sport. But uh, the passion of the fans, the intensity of the games. You saw it this morning when they had the official introductions. I don't know if you were watching or not, Brian, no. but I think it was. I was uh, doing a little workout while I was watching. Couldn't totally hear, but I think it, Nelson Mandela is now 91 years old, yeah. not in the best of health. There was some white dude, maybe the president of South Africa. I don't know if he's the president. He was the main well, MC, but the featured speaker, the guy who kicked off the games, was a descendant, maybe the son well, Mandela, of Nelson Mandela. The reason Mandela didn't come is his granddaughter, or great-granddaughter, passed away. She was okay. in a car accident. Really? Uh, yeah, she went to go see a concert. The driver lost control of Just the car. Reason? Yeah. Wow. So that's the reason he wasn't there. Otherwise, okay. he, had att- he had planned on attending. Okay. But uh, his granddaughter. Like she, like, died yesterday. Yeah. Wow. It, when I say I recently. Totally I totally mean, missed that story. Yeah. It, yeah. I just heard I heard it this morning on the news as well. So it just it just kicked in this morning when I, when I heard that he was Very cool, there. isn't it, though, yeah. that the games are in South Africa? I think that adds to it. And the uh, South African, uh, the nation. The many, many people there, the wonderful people, the wonderful fans are so excited about it. They uh, had that celebration a couple days ago where they were all blowing off the musical instrument, which you so much hate. What is it called? The Vavugia or you something? Know, you know what that's called? Just throw it in the damn ocean and never play it again. That It's this stupid horn that they blow in. But if, <laughs> 
all game long. To the point where, honestly, there are times where I go mute. Because I just cannot take it anymore. It's just the most annoying sound I've ever heard. It's just horrible. Sounds like a cow in heat. It, uh, it does. It does, and it's horrible. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm against it. Well, all right. The sound, is, it's sort of like the playoff beard. The playoff beard may look... Look, in actuality, it looks terrible, but yeah. the concept behind it is so cool. And to see the fans that enthusiastic about it, it's great for the country. Hopefully, we'll help boost, uh, just you look, know, economy, yeah. goodwill. Just look locally what the Blackhawks have done for Chicago yes. economy. Uh, sales are going through the roof at all these sporting stores. And just stores. the mood of the city, too. And you look at the parade. Now, do you think what, what do you think downtown restaurants are going to do today at lunchtime when this is all over? They're going to make a fortune off this. So you see just at a local level what that does. Now imagine at a country level. When you have games in five different cities, you have people traveling all over the place, people coming from every country in the world, it's huge for them. And so, I mean, it's just a great event. Personally, I'd like to see the World Cup start going to places like South Africa. Yes. Go to places that they haven't been. You know, I like that they're going to Brazil soon. But you know the Englands, the Germanys, the European nations, give it a break. Go to countries that could probably use it a little bit more than other countries. Do you remember what Chicago was like when we had the World Cup back in 94? I was was there, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, I was there. It was huge money for this city, yeah. huge money yeah. for this country. You know, my father and I got tickets, and I, he's a, he's from Europe. He's from Austria. And I took him to his first ever World Cup. I thought the man was going to cry. I've never seen him emotional in all the years I've been with him. Uh, and now that moment but when that game that was 94. Off, that was 94. But, but the, the city, there was a portion that went crazy, but there was a large portion that was indifferent to it, too. If you were in the city itself. Just the amount of people. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was just like the, the entire anywhere you would go in the city yeah. was just overrun with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were outside of the city, the ethnicity of the city oh, was yeah. shown. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because remember, you had Germany was in town at that time. I think Belgium was in town. You had all these different teams that were in town, so you had all these ethnicities coming in. You know, guys who lived out in the on the suburbs weren't really affected by it. You know, they, it was just you were far enough away you didn't really get it. But if you got into the city at all, yeah, it was just a yeah. madhouse everywhere yeah. in the, like. Everywhere in the city. Yeah. Any good bars you could recommend? Uh, you know, me and David Olson, a couple of long-time married guys. Brian Bauer, yeah. you were still of recent vintage. If you want to celebrate a Greece victory tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m., uh, yeah. any particular places maybe in a, where the Argentina fans could go? Any good I, bars to watch If you want to just Cup? watch soccer, go okay. to the Globe Pub. The Globe. The Globe. It's on Irving Park, just east of Lincoln Avenue. Uh, it used to be called the Lion's Head Pub, but now it's actually the Globe. It's been there for eight years or so. Complete soccer bar. They open up early just for English Premier League games on the weekends. It's uh, Irish, English-owned. All the waitresses speak with an accent. Uh, it'll give you a great feel, plus every game will be on television. So if you want to travel, that's the place to go. What's the best beverage to have watching soccer? Is it shot in a beer, or is there more of a soccer drink? I like to uh, cater to the country I'm watching. Ah, very you nice. Know, so if you're watching a Mexico this morning, maybe you go a Corona. Don't tell me the score. Yeah, I, I won't. Uh, I did see it, by the way. Well, you know, maybe in the afternoon you're watching an Ireland play. You might want to go with an Irish stout and a, okay. and a, and a Guinness or, you know, you, you, I like to cater my whole day. You know, if it's Germany, maybe a schnapps. I like you know, that. You, so very, you got to kind of mix it up. Very thematic. Yeah, exactly. Nicely I don't know what done. an African drink would be. Nicely done. But, by the way, I hate to disappoint you, but Ireland? Yes. Ireland, I don't believe amongst the 32 teams that qualify. Really? That's how little I paid attention since the Blackhawks have started. Yeah, and real quick before we uh, go out to the phone lines, again, you want to check in, 888-463-6748. Uh, United States taking on England tomorrow at one thirty. Your thoughts, Brian, as somewhat of a soccer expert on the United States as they enter the World Cup? 
Uh, they look weak. Uh, I've watched them the last couple of like kind of games getting built up to this, and uh, they better put it together and play the way they played against Brazil a while back. Uh, you know, they they're, they played kind of tentative, but again, it's been a lot so, of mixing of of lineups. They keep trying to find who the right guys are, so it's hard to tell when you haven't seen the the lineup that's going to go out there so what they're going to play like. Might even struggle to get out of our group into the round of sixteen. We got a tough group. I mean, honestly, okay. I, I think if you play England to a draw, you're in the next level. You're gonna, you're oh, gonna a tie against uh, yeah. England is a win for the U.S. But I think that's possible because yeah. England isn't unbeatable anymore. They're at yeah. a point now where I think a lot of teams have caught up. I don't know. I woke up yesterday or woke up this morning, middle of the night, looked, looked over my wife. She looked a little bit like uh, England superstar Wayne Rooney. Really? Yep. I'm, the hockey thing, I'm, I'm out with hockey. I looked at it's my all wife about, about soccer right now. I looked at my wife about two weeks ago. I turned over. I looked at her. She looked a little bit like David Beckham, and I found myself a little aroused. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. You dream of David Beckham. I got Lionel Messi going. I, I got to start messy. working. Yeah, nice. Messi? Is he Messi yeah, or no, Messi? That's, that's good. Yeah, what whatever. about Cristiano Ronaldo? How do God you feel bless. about him with Portugal? Very attractive, yeah. man. I think he's a woman, but he's very attractive, whatever he is. <laughs> All right. Very quickly, in the short time we have left, we said we did not have a reporter down at the parade. We were too cheap. We lied. We do have a reporter down at the parade. We don't only have a reporter. He's actually the co-host of the show, Joel, the Big Dog Redwanski, live from the parade. Big Dog, how Big are dog! you? Uh, I'm doing absolutely fantastic, fellas. You know, it was pretty funny. It was like at about 9.30, we were filming a spot, so I had a camera in front of me. And, you know, I'm in pretty decent shape. And this little Yashi came up to me. Yashi translated as hot little Korean girl. <laughs> she came up to me, and she said, you hockey player? <laughs> and she asked for my autograph. You tell her yes. I was part of the Mud Dog floor hockey team of 1992. <laughs> oh, right yeah, I did. I did. I was like, I'm a, I'm a champion too. You know, so that the next thing you know, she's taking pictures with me and stuff. This girl's gonna go home and think she met a celebrity. Did so you have a, that, that did, was that's so far been the highlight. The, the, by the buses have just left uh, United Center. By the way, I'm downtown in probably the most pristine spot, handing out uh, the black and blue city promo stuff. So. It, guys, there's a million people down here. Everybody's acting orderly. There hasn't been any looting yet, but there is this one fishing pole I need from Dick. So hopefully there is some looting that transpires pretty soon. Well, what I, do way, like, what I do like, what I do like is job. after all the celebrations that were out there the other day, you know, nobody was actually killed. You know, yeah, I, I was really disappointed. I was waiting outside one of the malls and nobody kicked in any windows and stuff. I really need some underwear. So, Joel's got yeah. his trunk open, ready to go. My son's yeah. left-handed mitt, Joel. The strings are coming undone. If if you're going to loot, I don't recommend it, but if you're looting along with the fishing pole, grab a, a junior-sized left-handed mitt if you could. No, no problem. I am going to the sporting goods store, Coach, because that, yeah. that's just how I am. And by the way, Brian, yes, sir. Ireland, and you'll know, you'll remember this, it'll all come down. They were knocked out of the World Cup by Disputed. three all these handballs. Oh, uh, that's right, because they wanted the replay on that one. Yes. Yeah, and and, and the Thierry Henry said they should do it, and I really wish they would have. That would have been a great piece And of now sport. you have France versus Uruguay playing tonight, and Ireland's at home watching it, drinking their Guinness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a bad way to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know, nobody loots like uh, the Irish. So too bad they're not here in Chicago helping us out. Yeah, world, oh, world, yeah. world Cup without Ireland is that uh, we are all the worst for it. That would be my personal opinion, but... Uh, so, Big Dog, you are down there. To, this is a planned appearance. Very nice. Uh, so the parade has already gone by you? No, 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 no. The parade is about to come, and guys, started, it, yeah. it is legitimately minutes away, and everybody's acting orderly. Everybody's having a good time. People well, of all races, colors, trees. It's absolutely fantastic to hear somebody, like an Indian guy, wearing a cricket shirt. Yeah, they go black I mean, it's, just, it's pretty cool. It's really cool, guys. I will say this, and I heard this from a friend of mine who's an African-American who was in Hyde Park, mm-hmm. saying the brothers, the... He doesn't have to hide. He, he said he has more... He says this year he's seen more 
African Americans on the Blackhawk bandwagon, on the hockey bandwagon that he's ever seen before. He said it was amazing. He thinks he, they're in now. He thinks they're in for good. Mm-hmm. That, that would be awesome, you know, because I've got uh, three best friends happen to be African American, and they're the biggest Blackhawk fans that I know. I'm not kidding you. Uh, Mike George, Cloudy, my boy uh, Desmond Fairchild, uh, Stu Cotman, all these guys. And they were on board back in the, the Steve Passmore days. Okay, so they're not bandwagon guys at all, Brian. So it's good that everybody's starting to get uh, I, Listen, I don't believe in a bandwagon. I think if you introduce people to this sport, I don't care what creed it is, what nationality, to me the more people who see it, the more people who play it, breeds better players down the line because then you've got more people trying to get into the sport. I, yeah. I think it's great. I don't care who likes it. Be a bandwagon. Yeah, good point. i, I got to tell you something. You know, uh, uh, people might want to be in South Africa right now, but there's no better place in the world to be right now than in this city of Chicago mm-hmm. for this parade and then the Crosstown Classic in an hour and a half. And we're watching the buses right now going down the street. They've don't just tell me the, the score of South Center. Africa, they look good. please. Don't tell me so the score. It looks like they're coming your way, Joel. Hey, Big oh. Dog, uh, what are some of the more creative outfits that the fans have wore out to the parade? Well, you know, a lot of people have made their own Stanley Cup. Well, I did see this little tiny, uh, like, child who was, they had dressed up as a Stanley Cup. They better get that kid some water because he's going to die from dehydration. It didn't, <laughs> that metal thing looks pretty, pretty hot, but uh, right. that was pretty good. And there was this one girl who had um, a bikini on and had the Indian head painted onto her belly, and, and trust me, I had I was I wanted to commit to the Indian if you know what I'm you talking know, about. You know what? That that that, <laughs> that thought's gonna have, let us have to uh, hold us for the weekend. Double B, thank you so much for coming, and we got to get out of here. Have a great weekend, everybody. You too, Joel. Nice say, talking to you, buddy. Say goodbye, Brian. Goodbye, Brian.